Vibe Machine Hi and welcome to Undercovers Podcast. First time listener? Well, let me introduce myself. I'm Josh Kiff and I love album art. I love everything about it and I am fascinated by the stories behind great album design. Those of you who tune in regularly or constantly, thank you for the support and you know the drill. It's all about discussing the artist's career and how their album designs came into being. This episode and the next one are with Dan Mumford, iconic UK illustrator and designer behind some huge albums from UK artists as well as US, Australia and beyond. This episode is all about Dan's origins in the music scene and how that has led him to where he is today, as well as designs for Parkway Drive, Protest a Hero, A Day to Remember, and much more. So, let's get this show started. Vibe. Machine. It, it's weird, because like my the start of my career was basically just doing album covers and t-shirts for bands, but awesome. I don't think many people know that that's what I did, really. So It's a good way to start, and... I mean, the, the obvious question, how did you first realize you were you were great at art and illustration? And, and then, like you said, how did that lead into, I guess, shirt design and then album design, if it went that way? <laughs> Basically, I I was playing in bands when I was younger. So, mm. like, I, I, I was in loads of local bands playing in hardcore bands, emo bands, you know, punk bands, all this stuff. And that was when I was about, mm, I don't know, 12 upwards. And essentially, my way into it was that I knew people in bands. And when I was at university doing artwork, they needed artwork. So, <laughs> so I sort of just sort of worked with my friends and did album covers and T-shirt signs. And, and that was like the moment where I went, oh, wait, like, that's a thing that could work for me. I could actually have a career doing artwork for music, which is something I'm very passionate about, you know? Amazing. So it started an early age and then and then obviously right through uni. And then you started working on some, you know, some some incredible releases, obviously a lot of British stuff, but you quickly moved over and did and did, you know, some stuff for bands that broke out of the UK and then and then bands from right Mm -hmm. around the world. So really, really. And and the other thing that I love is some of the poster art you do for for uh, for bands as well. I mean, the stuff you've done for Blink-182, Metallica, Iron Maiden. That's just an extension. Is that is that something that you got asked to do early on or did it come a little bit later on? Well, it's kind of uh, weirdly cyclical. So all of my work when I was starting out was mm. basically just music stuff, right? So uh, I was just doing T-shirts and, um, and CD covers. That was pretty much what I was doing. And then I slowly moved into more pop culture stuff, maybe like four years into my career. And then that took over. So I was more doing like movies and, you know, anything to do with film, basically. <laughs> and then in the past three years, I've gone back to music more. So now I'm, I, I'm actually doing like more music posters now, uh, less packaging, but that's because unfortunately, you know, yes. uh, CD covers and album covers, I think there's a bit less of an importance put on them by bands and management these days. Um, regardless of how, you know, I view it, there's, there's just not as much money or people just aren't pushing it as much, unfortunately. So, well, at least not with me involved. Yeah. (laughs) 
It, you're definitely right. But one of the things that I've found talking to a lot of the artists is that the album artwork that they do get to do on, on CD and especially vinyl gets loved a lot more because the people who buy it are more passionate about it. There might be fewer of them, yeah. but they're, they're the hardcore fans, like me, <laughs> and I'm sure like mm. you. <laughs> yeah, no, to- totally. I, I think it, it's, it's, it's really whenever I do an album cover now, it is more of a special thing, you know? Yes. Most definitely, but it didn't. Yeah. It didn't start out, or perhaps it did start out that way. Because one of the first album covers I wanted to talk to you about that you did is for the band Gallows. Mm-hmm. You did Orchestra of Wolves. My name is Casanova. If I'm not mistaken, is that a repackaging you did for the for the UK market? Yes. Ah, excellent. What happened was uh, Gallows. Uh, they. That, that was basically one of the first big things that I did mm. for a band. And they, they they were my friends from where I grew up. Uh, you know, I was in a band with the drummer as well at the time when they were going. And um, awesome. so I just did the album cover for the original release alongside another artist called Alex White. And we sort of collaborated on it, if you will. And it was, you know, it was a pretty cool little scrappy package that was released on In at the Deep End Records. And then Gallows signed to Warner Brothers and they asked me to, like, uh, do a a deluxe redux version or whatever. Um, And that was really good fun. (laughs) Like, it was a crazy project because we, we we sort of did this insanely complex dulux jewel case that flipped out with a slip case and loads of stuff and there were singles to go along with it and then there was the vinyl and it was probably the biggest project it's probably the biggest project i've ever worked on in music actually <laughs> and th- and that was like my first proper project in the music industry as well so yeah that was a that was a real special one to do wow it's an awesome one to do and and what a band of course now they've picked up um wade Mm. Uh, from um, Alexis on Fire, so yes. he's now in the band as well. So they've gotten to that that even larger marketplace with with those guys. But um, I mean, an awesome place to start. And and yeah, from there you you've done some incredible designs. I mean, if anyone Thank wants you. to have a look, you should check out Dan's website, which is dan mumford dot com, or check yeah. out Discogs, which is where which is my holy bible for checking mm. things out. But um. But I guess one of the ones that that I really want to talk about, and we mentioned this before we we started talking on the podcast, uh, was a day to remember's homesick. Um, I first heard of you, of course, after chatting with Jason Link, mm-hmm. um, who was working at Victory Records at the time, and he's a enormous fan of yours. So really curious as to how that project came along and how the artwork for for a day to, you know for homesick came um, came to be well so we're going back quite far now mm. uh well <laughs> not not that far but like i think <laughs> i can't remember what year it came out was it 2009 yeah 2009 uh, so I, I was main again like i said i was mainly doing music stuff then and i think this is probably one of the bigger bands that i was working with at that time mm. and they came to me and wanted to do, you know, they had this very elaborate idea of uh, like a, a, a forest with lots of stuff going on in it and someone making their way home. And it, it kind of just really 
fell into my lap as something that just worked for me. You know, like there was a lot of stuff that was just really cool and stuff that I would love to draw. And I was very excited about it. Mm. They had this really interesting idea to go with it that within the artwork, and it's not very clear when you just sort of take a glance at it, but within the artwork, there's these little codes. So yes. all, all throughout it, there's just like a few weird patterns with letters on it and maybe some sort of symbols. And I don't know what they mean. <laughs> um, <laughs> because the band told me to put them in there and then they were going to do something with them afterwards. And I think it was for, you know, the fans to yes. find stuff out, if you will. And um, yeah, I, I, I don't really, I don't really know if they did anything with it, <laughs> but you know, it was quite fun. Um, but, yeah, but, but overall that is, I was just going to say that is probably one of the covers I get most known for nowadays when people go, Oh, this guy, he did stuff for homesick. Oh, I really loved that album when I was a kid, you know? <laughs> Well, it's it's one of those designs that just sticks out at you, and you know yeah. it's it's an incredible piece. And if it, for everyone listening, if you do go and check out Jason's episode of Undercovers podcast, he does explain that the the codes were for the fans. I can't remember the exact story, Dan, but I know that the fans figured it out quite quickly. Yeah. <laughs> so they, good. Okay. They yeah, got yeah. it. They they you know really dug in yeah. and understood what it was, and I. I, I don't pretend to remember the story, um, but but I, I do remember Jason was you know very excited about that you know yeah. the hidden puzzle um, within. But yeah, you know that was it. There was there was it was all about having a little bit of a puzzle there for people to work out. Um, and I, I think probably at the time I did know what was going on, but right now I've not got a clue. Uh, <laughs> it's all a mystery <laughs> for me. The, do you know what one of one of my main one of my main memories of this actually is it was Christmas time I think when we were working on it. And I just remember being incredibly stressed because I had, you know, as you can see, it's quite a crazy, intense piece of artwork. Yeah. Um, and I think I was just trying, I was just trying to like fit it in around Christmas or something. I can't remember, but that's, it's just weird how you get these emotions come back and these feelings when you look at something. It is. And um, it, 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 my overriding feeling for this piece of artwork is I was really happy with it, but I was really stressed at the time. <laughs> well, the, the main question I had, because it is so intricate, is how long does a piece like even the front cover, for instance, or or the back cover, yeah, um, or the or the inside? How long does that take in man hours to actually put together? Um, if you can remember, I mean, I mean it really depends. <laughs> it really depends. And the, the thing is, like back then, that would have taken me a good, I don't know, two or three weeks to do the whole the whole landscape. Nowadays, I'd simplify. I, there's elements I'd simplify. I wouldn't. It's one of those things where I wouldn't put as much detail in areas that don't need it now. Mm. Um, but but the, these the things you learn as you go along. Like like I said, I was I was probably two years into my career at this point, and there's so many things I've learned since then. Back then, I think that took me a good three weeks to do. Definitely, yeah. Wow, wow! It would take me a yeah. lifetime to do that. So, <laughs> so <laughs> it's it's an incredible piece, and like you said, you obviously get asked about it. Uh, a lot. It's one of those ones that you know really stands out for that that time period of um hmm. of music in that you know that you know punk hardcore um yeah yeah scene. You know it 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 really is one of the one of the albums that hit home and and I guess it 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 leads in and I'm I'm jumping I am going sort of chronologically um sure Dan from 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 the start I like to do that um yeah. and then I, I jump by band as well and one of the bands that you've done a couple of albums with now is Protest the Hero. Mm -hmm. And yeah. 
you did um you I, I believe you started with the the live yeah. CD and DVD for um Gallup meets the earth that's the one yeah and once again Ooh. that album artwork is insane with the with the horses head and you know everything and it's it's so stylized with the the yellow and gold how um how did that one come about and and do the bands get get a look at the process as it's happening or do you just present it with them (laughs) (laughs) um so it do you know what it really depends on the band so sometimes the band will be really hands-on sometimes the band uh kind of just wants you to do your thing Mm. and then sometimes I'm just dealing with management. I'm not even dealing with the band. So, you know, there's there's a few different variations there. Um, with Protest the Hero, they, they were really hands-on. They did everything. I, I mainly spoke with, I think it's Luke. Yeah, Luke Hoskins. He he was he was basically my point of contact with everything. He he just had ideas, and he would ask me to sort of put them together. Um, and and that album cover, the Gallup Meets the Earth one. I, I'm not a hundred percent sure, but I, I'm pretty sure that is mainly taken from a t-shirt design we did. So I actually did four right. t-shirts that, that were uh, ancient gods, basically. And one of them, uh, my memory is going on this, but I'm pretty sure it's Helios. <laughs> and he has like a chariot and he's pulling the sun around the earth. Someone's going to be listening to this and go like, you're completely wrong. But I'm pretty sure that was it. <laughs> Uh, so, awesome. I, I, so I think most of the layout of that came from that artwork that was originally a t-shirt, but then we just sort of elaborated on it as well. Um, at least I think, I think that's what happened. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, it's, it's an incredible, it's an incredible piece. Like a lot of your artwork or all of your artwork isn't, is that how you often begin working with acts? Is it that you get commissioned to do, you know, t-shirt art and then they they mm. see that and want to and, and 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 perhaps it's for another band and they and they reach out to you how how do you build those relationships well I, mainly i i did t-shirts at first yeah and and i think mm. it, it's it's interesting because by doing t-shirt designs you're essentially creating something that's going to be advertising your artwork so i would do a few t-shirt <laughs> designs here and there and if people buy those t-shirt designs then more people are going to see those t-shirts do you know what i mean so I think yeah. what happened a lot of the time is probably uh, people would be wearing my designs at a band concert and then maybe the bands would be like, I really like that design. Let's see who did that, you know? Um, and it, it's sort of a snowball effect, which worked. It worked really well for me because I, I worked with hundreds of bands all pretty much within the alternative music scene. Um, but you know, that's, what suits my style. So that, that, that's, that's generally how it goes. Uh, but but I, I think I would, it would normally with the bands where I did album covers, I'm pretty sure I would have done at least a couple of t-shirts first. Yeah. You know, it's sort of that word of mouth, isn't it? And that's the, hmm. that's the way with the, with the punk and hardcore scene, whether it be from, from the, you know, when bands start, they play with their friends and then tour around little areas and, get to know who's in the community and you know you're obviously in the community and they they get to know you which is which is fantastic and and look from protest to hero you you moved from from that first design and then you did one that's one of my favorite of yours which is um volition 
I Ooh. absolutely love the album artwork for Volition. Well, thank you. Is that once again one that you worked with Luke, who who had an idea for the concept? How did that one come together? Yeah, that that was a hundred percent all them um, because the the actual idea is so sort of odd, if you will. Um, and I, I don't I don't really know what's going on there, <laughs> <laughs> um, but. They, they that's what they wanted me to draw yeah and it was a it was a fun one it was for it was like a special edition of it that i believe was like tied to uh i don't know if it was kickstarter or something like that right like it, it was it was a special version of that cover because there is another version which was the one you would find in the shops ah, um, or cool. if you just sort of bought it online yeah so so this was a very special one and it had um it's got lots of little tiny uh, elements in it that were for people to find again for the fans like i think the boats have different names on them and stuff um and you know i i'm i'm not i'm not too sure what they they mean but um it was it was a fun one to work on and i i do really like the sort of duality of that cover it's it's actually a cover where i i think it might have been smarter to not put the type on it or put the type on a sticker or something, because then it would work upside down as well as the right way up, because uh, well, it's basically a mirror image, you know. That 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 was my point. Is that one of the things I love about it is that is that you can remove and and if anyone is on Discogs, if you click on the image, it does actually have a version without the font without the type on it. And oh, it, yeah, it is okay. Cool. Yeah. It is exactly what you said. It can be it can be reversible upside down, and um, you know. I always have a thing, Dan, where I have a I have a room in my house that's dedicated to album art that's all framed around the room, mm. and I always I always look at an album cover, and if it can hang on a wall, it's like my saying is that hang on a wall mm. and it looks like a piece of art. The artist has achieved their job. You know, they've they've done their job well. It's a it's yeah. it's a, it's a stand on your own piece of art, and and a lot mm. of yours is, but in particular this one, you know, it's one of those ones that you know grab a print of that and put it up on your wall because it looks incredible. Yeah, uh, no, that, that's really nice. Yeah, so Thank so it, and it's great that you mentioned that it would be nice to not have the type, and then there is a copy without the type on it. So. Yeah, I didn't. I don't think I realised that. Yeah, <laughs> which is really really cool. And and look, I am jumping because there is a lot that that I, I wanted to try and grab you on, and um, I I was really keen sure. on some of the other artwork that you've done, and one one of the ones is Miss May I with um, apologies for mm-hmm. the week. <laughs> Uh, once again, with the growling, you've got the growling dog on the cover, and it looks like there's a few different, <laughs> a, a few different um, alternative designs that you did for for that front cover. Is that right? Um, well, I think it's the slipcase. The slipcase is the really up close uh, one, and then right. I think the actual the actual album cover is the side on version, and then I'm pretty sure the uh, basically the booklet was that side on one and it folds out and it's the rest it's sort of a, the image carries on if you will um, awesome. <clears throat> but yeah that, that was a that was a fun one to do it was quite a quite a simple concept but you know the the band just wanted they wanted that basically um and, and it was like okay cool we could we can definitely do that um it, it's one where i sort of look at that cover and these days i just sort of think I, I don't really like the way I drew it, if you will. Um, <laughs> and 
I would love to sort of redo it or have another go at it, you know? Right. Um, but that's, that's, that's what I, I think that's most artists, you know, they always, you always look back at stuff and go, I could do better than that. <laughs> <laughs> but it fits you know? the time and it fits but, the, you know, and it, fits, yeah, yeah. Like you were saying, it fits people's memories when they open up that CD and they takes them back to yes. that time and what happened. A hundred percent. To them at that time. But I was really curious about that one because a lot of that is um, done not black and white, but but sort of grayscale. It's very, very dark coloring. Mm-hmm. When a lot of your other work, it might be dark imagery, but you've got a lot of uh, you've got a lot of rich colors in there. What do what do mm. you prefer to work with? Is it the the more vibrant colors, or is it you know the shading and the and, and the black and white, or or do you just like all of it? <laughs> um, well, these days it's pretty much just full color. Right. Like I, I love going crazy with my color these days. Um, I think the more I've the more work I've done, the more I experiment and the more I try different coloring techniques. And I think what, what I'm probably going to do is like uh, in, in recent times, I've been doing quite large pieces um, and I, I do these really sort of vibrant colors. And I, I think I'll probably in the next year or so get to a point where I go, okay, I need to strip this back now and just go back to black and white again or something. <laughs> um, but it, it's just it's always about color for me i think right and it, i've i've said this quite a few times whenever i talk about color but i uh i was i'd never used to be able to use color at all i everything used to be black and white for me um, really and i i sort of but yeah i slowly learned how to use color to the point where i think now i'm quite good at using color <laughs> you you're, you're pretty good I, I must admit you are pretty good at using using color and back in the day <laughs> i mean did you I mean, you obviously didn't start with the software that you've got now because it didn't exist. I was just watching mm. a yeah, yeah. Um, you just did a special with Adobe, and it must have been a few weeks ago now because um, you were talking about being in lockdown, yeah. and it was one where you were using the, yeah, new, yeah. the new Wacom tablet. I forget what it's called, user, and it's more like uh, the Wacom Cintiq. That's it, and it's draw. It's like drawing on a screen, so yeah. you can see what you're drawing as opposed mm. to the the Wacom tablet yeah. that I have, which is. I try and draw, and it sort of looks odd on a screen. How, <laughs> <laughs> is that? Is that how, mm. when you started? Was it more drawing using a Wacom, or you know, were you doing a lot more hand drawn illustration, and then you moved to that? How how did that progress across your career? Uh, so everything was done by hand at first. Right. Uh, so I, I think from from like two thousand. Basically, I graduated in two thousand seven. So it's been thirteen years. I've been like properly doing this now and 2007 to probably just before a day to remember actually so i I would do everything by hand and scan it in so just be black ink on white paper white tracing paper wow uh and uh not sorry not trace layout paper it's this really thin white paper Mm. and i i would scan scan that in and then like use the paint bucket tool to just fill in the segments essentially kind of like a giant stained glass window or something. <laughs> and I mean, it was like, if you look at the really early stuff, the, the, everything, everything is like circled off by black so that I could do that. Um, and I, it got to the point where I sort of thought this is, this is not sustainable if there's other, if there's detail and things I want to do. So, so then I got the, a small Wacom tablet and that was pretty much for the next five years, I think I used that. And then about six years ago, I got a Wacom Cintiq, 
which is yeah, it's just a gigantic screen that you draw on, and that has that really upped things for me. I was like, okay, this is the way it should be, you know. Um, and I think nowadays that's quite normal because a lot of people will experiment with drawing on the iPad, yeah. uh, which is also fantastic. And so, uh, you know, nowadays it's funny. You just look at a Cintiq and you go, oh, it's a giant iPad. And it's like, yeah, it is. But it, it was the iPad before the iPad existed, <laughs> you know. Um, but I, I do love the Cintiq. And um, it's, it's kind of, it really upped my, my game, if you will. And ever, ever since then, I've, I've not been able to go back. And I also don't really do anything by hand now. Uh, I, I, it's, I joke about it, but I'm not a very good, like, I'm not very good at drawing when I'm not using, uh, a Cintiq. Like, if I'm just sort of using my hands and a pen, um, <laughs> of course I can, like, I can draw, but I'm just not very good at it. It just, I'm just like, I'm just going to do this on the computer, you know? <laughs> um, that's just the way it is now. It's amazing, isn't it? Because I talked to some artists and they've been around since the 60s and 70s or, yeah, some, I guess, a little bit earlier than that. And, you know, they did a, a lot of things. They weren't great illustrators um, or they weren't great, great drawers. So they did a lot of um, literally cut and, you know, cut and paste and the clag glue and, and stick bits of images yeah. on, on, you know, on the ground and then take a photo of it. And that became the album cover. Or, you know, one yeah. of the artists had did a Rod Stewart cover and he literally got a picture of Rod Stewart sitting on a chair, cut that out from a poster from the UK and then, and then, and then placed images around it. And that became the album cover. And, and, and then, you know, the computer age, the initial computer age changed everything for them. Um, you know, it's yeah, sort, of, of sort of like film, right? Because a lot of them would take, they would get mm. photographers to take a photo and have to wait a week for it to come back and see whether they were any good to mm. use for an album cover. Now it's, it's instantaneous. You know, if you've got the, the shot. So I, I guess it must be similar for you. You, yeah. You can you can get in and you can you can sketch it out you know on the on the tablet and you can have a look and go yep that's that's pretty good is is that sort of how you feel yeah yeah basically uh, I, I don't I, I don't really like to have those different stages I'm I'm not someone that goes around with a with a sketchbook and sort of sits on a bench and <laughs> sketches or anything like that do you know I just it's just not I just can't do it I don't like to do that either I, I like to be there on the computer just get on with it you know um but that's just that's just who i am really um and i i also like i really turn off from work when i'm not in front of the computer so um i'm quite sort of uh vigilant about not working when i'm not meant to be working if you know what i mean <laughs> I, I i make sure i have my own personal time yeah. that's nice it's it's a good way to be because uh, i assume that you would being the sort of artist and illustrator that you are, it would be quite easy to become it become all consuming to work on a project and think about all the time unless you deliberately cut yourself off correct yeah of course yeah and there's <laughs> there's always something to do and there's there's always like more to put into a piece um like i don't think I, I don't think it's ever i'm ever really finished with a piece it's more like the deadline has come up and I have to get it done um <laughs> So, I mean, I think that's probably what most people would say. Like, there's always, I always look at something the next day and go, I shouldn't have sent that off as finished because now I want to change it. But <laughs> you, you know, you got you got to finish stuff sometimes. So. You do, you do. Otherwise, nothing ever gets done. And and look, we we yeah, should we yeah. should we should jump on and talk about 
look, I'm Australian, obviously. So if if you've done an Australian <laughs> artist, I'm going to want to talk about that. I think and, I know where this might be going. <laughs> yeah, and it's obviously the Parkway Drive. And I've been really lucky across yeah. this series. I've chatted with the artists who have done nearly all the Parkway Drive albums. Um, I'm actually talking to the guys from Invisible Creature. If you know, I'm sure you know who Invisible Creature are. They, yes, I do. Yeah, they did the um, the Horizons album, the one before yours, uh, mm. um, for Parkway. So I'm actually chatting with them in a, in a few days. So um, so really, really excited to chat those guys, like I am with you. But really curious as to how the Parkway Drive um, relationship came about. Um. Well. It's it's a funny one because like I, I I genuinely was like a mm. fan of the band beforehand, and I have a I have a weirdly vivid memory of listening to the uh, the previous album, like quite a lot at, at university. Like my I think it was my last year of university or something. Um, so when I got an email from, I'm pretty sure it was from Winston, and not mm-hmm. like management. Yeah, I, it must have been, and uh, and he uh, he was just like you know. Would you be interested on working on our new album? I was like, uh, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> sure. Um, and and then I had this. Then we did something which I wouldn't normally do with my clients, and he was like, "Can I just give you a call?" And um, and so I spoke to Winston for like I don't know, maybe yep. half an hour on the phone, uh, and he just he just told me all of his ideas about what he wanted to do with it and the story they wanted to tell and. I was all in. I just thought it'd be great, and and they basically, we did uh, did this album artwork, and it was the full layout. It was everything. So, I think it ended up being around about fifteen, sixteen images, and it, it tells a story throughout the whole thing. And you know, I, I don't know fully the meaning behind everything, but to me, it was about like uh, this man sort of going on a a journey deep into the sea and then right down in the middle he finds these horrific creatures you know perhaps they're his demons you know that sort of thing and um and it has quite a nice mirror effect as well because one side of the booklet before you get to the center pages is all gray and then you get to this big center spread and then the other side is like all blue uh yes so it was it was just it was just a really nice sort of little sequential thing and I, I do like doing that when I can. Do you know what? It's it's really hard to get. <laughs> it's really hard to get me on board to do something like that these days because it's it's quite a lot of work and it's quite intense. Um, and that that was another one that was a real big project. In fact, after the Gallows Orchestra of Wolves, that's probably the other like biggest one that I've done where I really took everything on board. You know, and um, it was fun though. So that was a special one for me as well, and a special one for. All of us as well, Dan. Now that's part one of our chat with Dan Mumford in the can. Part two sees us talk about Dan's design work for Metal Hammer magazine, I Prevail, The Devil Wears Prada, Star Wars soundtrack covers, and much more. Until then. Vibe. Machine.